because this is very good. And that would be good. That would be good too. <laughs> the idea is to combine the this and the that. But this cannot be disturbed. Yeah, we, 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 we just want to take this and add that. Welcome to Talking Seinfeld, the podcast where we discuss everything we know about the show about nothing. This week we're here to review episode 213. It is The Deal. I am Dando. I am Guy. Dando, how's things? Uh, things are very, very good. I'm going to say, I rewatched this episode twice. This might be my favourite Seinfeld episode to date. I thought this was great. I loved it. I was very, very taken with this episode, I must say. Liked it a it, lot. Um, it was just fucking like that first act. The first 10 minutes of this episode are simply two different conversations. But my God, they are like pitiful Seinfeld. <laughs> how good, how, how funny was this episode? Not just funny, but delightful, charming. Yes. Relatable. Yeah, like a really... Seinfeld's a great sitcom. This was a great rom-com episode of a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a very good point. Like, every character was written perfectly. Like Larry David knows exactly what he's doing by this point mm. when it comes to the characters. But they, it was, wasn't your typical Seinfeld episode where they've all got their own story that eventually intertwine. It was all just based around one story. Yeah. But George and Kramer were, giving, uh, were given roles that played into the story perfectly. They were terrific supporting actors in the best sense of the word this time mm. around. Yeah, but this was primarily the Jerry and Elaine episode. And um, look, it's a, it's enough to make you, as um, as the kids see these days, ship Jerry and Elaine. I was like, oh, be a couple. You're delightful at it. You're really, really good. I like hanging around with you when you are like this. In all honesty, the whole sort of, and we'll get to what it's all about shortly. Yeah. In the first act, the whole sort of laying out of the groundwork of like, the ground rules for, you know... Of the, the deal, yeah. Of the deal was, this is probably sexier than actual sex. Yes, <laughs> it's so good. This may Just, tell you a bit about what sex is like with me. <laughs> that All that sort of flirtatious banter, not, not even flirtatious. Of course it's flirtatious, but the flirtation is very much under the subtext of it. It's very kind of, you know, they're being level-headed about this, but honestly, it's just abundantly clear. It's like, let's sign this deal so we can... Sign this deal, if you know what I mean, or let's, so we can close this deal. Yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed just uh, watching these two go at it in this way. I thought that I thought it was funny and charming and romantic and sexy and all that kind of stuff. I, I never found Jerry that kind of I did romantic, I sort of romantic, or having that kind of leading man appeal. But you pair him with JLD, yeah, I could see this working. I could um, watch a whole show like a, a, a more basic sitcom about the two of you as a couple, as opposed to the normal Jerry and Elaine dynamic. Look, I'm, I'm glad we have the existing Jerry and Elaine dynamic. I think it works a lot better for the show in general. It allows a lot more latitude for both characters. But, yeah, I would honestly watch these two performers and these two characters in an ongoing romance based on this. 100%. What I also loved too was the physical comedy in that opening conversation. I love Jerry when he's, I, I know uh, listeners can't see this, but when he puts his hands up and goes, let's just say, right? <laughs> and, and, and it was just, I'm just like, this is just so simple, but it was like the perfect example of the way Seinfeld, its ability to discuss, you know, explicit or raunchy topics, yeah. but in a very vague way where you know what they're talking about yeah. and they're basically saying it, 
but they're saying it in a way that's very family friendly. Yeah, not many shows, not many writers or what have you either have the ability or are given the opportunity to sort of work around the problem. The, and the problem being, one, you don't want to be sort of too blatant because that sort of kills the joke or it kills the mood or whatever. And two, you've got sort of commercial TV restraints. There are things you can't say. So there are things you don't want to say and there are things that you just can't say. Luckily, yeah, this show is blessed with um, very, very smart, very creative people who are able to uh, turn those obstacles into advantages or turn those crises into opportunities. It's, it's great. But the way, he, the way Larry David, he's used to the word this and that was just brilliance. <laughs> oh yeah, that was fantastic. And then and then to throw in yeah. this, that, and the other. And the other. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't know if um, this episode was written by himself or you know he was in. A, it was he, only Larry David. Yeah. I imagine he would have to sort of leave his wherever he works if if he was working in a room by himself and just find someone to give him a high five. It's like. I just did this, that, and the other. I just wrote the this, that, and the other bit. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? It's like, no, no, yeah. trust me. You want to high five me? It's that good. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah, it <laughs> leaves and does the uh, the five hundred days of summer dance routine. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, this story evolved from NBC wanting Jerry and Elaine, the characters, to get back together again. All right. There was um you know restriction from um resistance, I should say, from Larry David. He didn't think it was the right thing to do because. Everyone likes this. So if you start bringing in that, it changes the whole dynamic mm. of the show. They, they need to be friends. For, the, for Seinfeld to work the way it did, they needed to be friends, not a couple. But you know, the NBC executives wanted it, so he wrote this episode. Now, funnily enough, the only sort of flaw of this episode is the continuity because they're just not a couple the next episode, right? It's yeah. just never mentioned again. This was actually the last one filmed for the season. So this oh, was like filmed okay. as like a, a season closer, right? But... Because it was all aired out of order, and when they got to the season three, Larry David sort of thought, oh, well, we pleased their needs. They were happy with the episode. Let's just forget the whole thing happened and moves mm. on again. And they were never asked about it again. So they gave NBC what they wanted. They were a couple for an episode. And there was, like you said, there was a real charm and dynamic there between them as lovebirds. But I'm glad they didn't stay with it because yeah. the Seinfeld, just to me, wouldn't have worked if they had remained in a, cup, in a relationship. No, I what do no, you think? I, no, I agree with you 100% on that. I think it's, uh, we can see as the, uh, as the show progresses, as the series progresses, that um, it's a lot more entertaining when both Jerry and Elaine are involved with various people or go out on, on bad dates or, or have very short-lived relationships with, uh, yeah. with various other people. It shows you, it's sort of um, better comedic fodder and it and it gives um it, it it it's better for character work as well. I think it sort of you know tells you a bit more about Jerry each time he goes out with someone. Does he have sort of like a recurring pattern? Does he have a type, or does he know? Does he keep making the same mistakes? Is he sort of learn as he goes? And likewise with Elaine, yeah, you 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 sort of um learn more about her and more about um yeah her tastes as well. And and if um Jerry and Elaine had stayed a couple, we wouldn't have had Putty. Exactly right. And she gives the female audience someone to relate to as well. Very much so, yeah. It's it's interesting that you mentioned how this was sort of like the last episode filmed because um, it'll be a really interesting cliffhanger for the season to end on this kind of like, oh, back together or not. And that that would certainly be enough of a lure to get people who had been hooked by Seinfeld already like, oh, man, can't wait for season two. Oh, they're going to be back together, da, 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 or whatever. One positive, I guess, of them not coming back to it was that we never had to get to see them break up. True. 
they mutually split ways. Well, not split ways, but they just mutually decided this wasn't the right way to go and they go back to normal again. You didn't have to have that fight where they go, no, you didn't, I, didn't want to, I don't want to see Jerry and Elaine fighting. Even when they fought in this episode, I'm like, I'm not sure if I like this. It was, it was really effective in a, in a sort of, again, in a romantic comedy kind of sense because mm. most romantic comedies kind of run on rails. You know how they're going to go. And eventually there's the bulk of the mainstream ones do anyway. And usually there's going to be a bit of a misunderstanding or a bit of a bit of a she's all that moment. What? I was a bet, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Where it's the, the, the dark turn in the second act or whatever and then our hero has to redeem himself and, you know, love conquers all by the end. So this was Seinfeld's version of that. And I must admit, they'd gotten along so well. Honestly, the establishment of the ground rules and all that kind of stuff, like, wow, this makes sense. And these two could probably actually pull it off. They seem like they are, you know, on the same page in that regard. And then when there starts to be a few hiccups in it, it's like, oh, well, actually, this is kind of sad. Sad, but but also how it would actually go. (laughs) Probably actually how it would go, yeah. (laughs) That is a good one still. (laughs) One of my favourites. So what was your favourite moment from this episode? It's, it's a bit of a obvious and male gazy kind of thing, but I don't know if there's anything cuter than morning after Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I'm just wondering whether the list of the start to get creeped out by your love of, of, of Julia. <laughs> this is my appreciation of Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Of course, she is 110% out of my league, whereas you know the lovely Louise is only 100% out of my league. So there we go. My favourite moment was... I had a couple. So I really liked George trying to get the details. <laughs> so where were you sitting? Were you close? What was the time? Okay, go. <laughs> These are terrible details. <laughs> but just him going uh, sort of on the, something on the lines of, you know. What was he saying? You're not in the mood. Get in the mood. <laughs> you get in the mood. <laughs> I also loved the way. And I actually didn't see it coming until he walked in with the present. But Kramer giving the bench. I thought it was so good. <laughs> a really nice um, addition to his character because we haven't really seen the th- that kind of thoughtful side of no. Kramer just yet. But no, yeah, just yet. Like, Kramer's a really good friend. It, they, they mentioned the bench, but it wasn't like a big deal in the last scene. They sort of mentioned it. So mm. when, he, when she reveals the bench, you're like, oh, of course. So it was just, it was so way of just, a great way of just tying it all in, you know? Was that a bench? That didn't look like a bench to me. You could sit on it. That's a bench. Really? It looked like the kind of thing you put at your door and you take your shoes off and you put in. That's what it looked like to me. That's how small it looked. Yeah, but you'd, you'd sit on it to put your shoes on. It was too low to the ground. I wouldn't sit on that. I'd never get up again. <laughs> <laughs> Could you spell that, please? No. Next question. Alrighty, it is time for some trivia. Hit me with your first question, Mr. Davis. According to both Jerry and Elaine, mm-hmm. how many times have they actually had sex? So, Jerry says 25, Elaine says 37? Correct. My first question is, Elaine last had sex where? Rochester? Well done. <laughs> what, according to Jerry, would be too domestic a gift? Too domestic of a gift. Uh, was it like a toasted sandwich maker or something? You're close, but think more breakfasty and sweeter. Well, I can think, all I can think of right now is pancakes. Now, what was it? It was a waffle iron. A waffle iron. Ah, damn it. Uh, my next question is, what was the music that would, that would play from the music box? Is that your next question? Lara's theme. Uh, all your questions from this one scene? Uh, no, that's, I only had no. two <laughs> questions from that one scene. <laughs> oh, okay. And what's your, what's your next one? Who is the poet that uh, Kramer quoted in his birthday card? Yates. Yates it is. My final question is, what is the bust of, or who is the bust of in the store? 
It is of Nelson Rockefeller. Correct. Well done. Yeah. What store was that, by the way? Why were they shopping there for a gift for Elaine? It looked like an op shop. A little bit, but I think, you know, there are all manner of sort of knick-knack shops. It's New York. It's New York, baby. It's got yeah, everything. That is true. Yeah, that is true. One thing we couldn't find whilst we were in New York was a supermarket. Just really? a proper supermarket. We found oh. this. You'd have to go to a bodega. We found a place that was, I guess, supposed to be a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted to cook risotto, right? We just felt like risotto. Mm-hmm. But we could, like, we just wanted cheese, just a block of cheese. And like, now you could buy this big bag of grated, like a one kilo bag of grated cheese. And we just want a small block of cheese. They're like, no, we don't have that. I'm like, why? You're a supermarket. Like, where can I buy a fucking small block of cheese in this city? But yeah, we, we had to buy this one kilo bag of cheese just to make risotto. But, but anyway, so that is enough trivia. It is now time to get into our full in-depth review of the deal. But before then, we're just going to take a quick break. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Here you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. All right, Mr. Davis, I'm excited. That's a great episode. I'm really looking forward to doing this review. The yeah. deal originally aired May 2nd, 1990. It says two here. Is that right? I, put, I thought it was 91. No, 91. I've written my notes wrong. May 2nd, 1991. Just over 30 years ago. Written by the one and only Larry David and directed by Tom Sharonas. So the episode kicks off with some stand-up as usual. And it is Jerry talking about the differences between men and women and how they go clothes shopping. It's true. It's very true. True. Look, I will. Have you ever like grabbed a jacket or a suit out of a rack or something and sort of held it up against you rather than go and put it on? No. No, never. If I'm getting a suit, I am not buying a suit unless I've tried it on, buddy. But I'm talking about picking up, seeing what the colours like, seeing how it's sort of. Ooh, does this work with my colouring? Okay, maybe not. Maybe I'll try the the slightly darker grey or something like that. Um, maybe I don't know. I've just, I always find it really awkward. I can never do it properly if I try to do it. I just always go. Yeah, I'm just gonna get tried on. No, no, I think I've I think I've uh, poked a bit of a hole in uh, in the Seinfeld uh, <laughs> theory there. So Elaine and Jerry here are now watching TV in Jerry's apartment. Uh, Elaine is flicking through. Normally, it's the man who's flicking through the different channels. I know I'm a flicker. Hmm. I found it's fifty fifty. When I'm over at the lovely Louise's house, you know, I'll generally sort of not hand the remote over to her because it's her remote. But I'm like, you drive, babe. Yeah, but the <laughs> thing is now in 2021, flicking isn't really a thing because. You go on Netflix, maybe you'll flick through what you, when you're deciding what to watch, like what show. You're not flipping, you're scrolling now. Yeah, you're scrolling. You're not flicking through different shows. You're looking at title cards going, no, 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 no. You spend half an hour doing that and then you go, it's too late, it's time for bed, let's go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're flicking through. Uh, Elaine mentions that it's her birthday coming up. So uh, everything here, again, nothing's wasted. So they mention the dentist and she says mm. the whole... You know, make sure you get a good oral surgeon. It's very serious, which plays into later on when she wants him to stay, even though he's got the dentist later on. They get to the Naked People channel. That was a thing once, the Naked News on Comedy Channel in Australia. It is indeed. Beforehand, though, there's a bit of a a quick mention from Jerry about uh, Robert Vaughan and the Helsinki formula. Now, honestly, I thought this was like... um, Prognosis Negative or Ponce de Leon or Rochelle Rochelle, like some movie that they'd made up. It's one of my favourite aspects of Seinfeld is like they'll go, there are all these movies that um, 
sometimes I'll actually see things like Schindler's List or The English Patient and sort of tear strips off it, but often they'll just have make-up titles. Well, what was the one from The Heart Attack a couple of weeks ago? What was that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, the um, science fiction movie, the B movie. Oh, I'd have to... I'll, I'll find it whilst you continue talking. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah, saying something about, oh, Robert Vaughan, the Helsinki formula. Eh, he was good on The Man from Uncle. Robert Vaughan was a movie and TV star back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. He was in The Magnificent okay. Seven and a bunch of stuff. I thought, oh, this is one of those movies they'd made up. And then I typed and I Googled Helsinki formula. Robert Vaughan apparently um, was like the spokesperson for this um, very early hair replacement scheme called the hair, okay. the Helsinki formula. Uh, I will find the clip that I believe is on YouTube and put it up for uh, put it up on our Facebook page. That movie, by the way, The Flaming Globes of Sigmund. That's the one, yes. Like Flaming <laughs> Globes. <laughs> <laughs> So, as I was saying before, I remember being like 14 and the Comedy Channel first getting the naked news. <laughs> I used to say at like 11 at night. I'm not going to lie. There were times where I like set my alarm to make sure that I get up. So, mum and dad were in bed and I would just watch the naked news on silent. <laughs> <laughs> you you oh, guys don't know what it was like before the internet, man. Uh, oh, you just all you don't kids know out all. there, all you millennials and Gen Z types who are, well, we can get nude people at the click of a button. It's like... We actually had to work for our smut, kids. <laughs> we had to work for our smut. <laughs> they discuss here that it's been a while. Well, Elaine says, has it been a while because Jerry doesn't want to watch the Naked Channel? And this is where the entire conversation just begins about them this doing this and that and whether they should or not. I just don't think anything I say he could do it justice. We, we have to play the clip, but it, Go, my yeah. God, it was, just, it was just so great. Just the acting. The, I love the, in particular, the, the look. And Elaine sort of smirking back and going, what was that? And Jerry going, what are you talking about? I, I thought Jerry acted just as well in this. I thought he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. What? What? What was that look? What look? The look you just gave me. I gave a look? Yes. What kind of a look? I know that look. <laughs> what should I tell you? Well, you're the big look expert. <laughs> I want to see how smart you are. Trust me, I know the look. As you mentioned earlier, it is just very cute, isn't it? It's, it is very rom-com. I, I, I was trying to think of a way to describe it. I think rom-com is the perfect way. Like, you, yeah. It's almost like poor man Tom Hanks vibes in this. A little bit. These two were speaking like people who have been intimate. Not so long-term intimate that they know each other, for want of a better term, inside and out. But they're going a bit back over old ground, which, are, which is full of fond memories and all that kind of business. Probably thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. We had sex a couple times. Not too bad. Had fun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, clearly it ended for a reason, but cle- also clearly didn't end so badly that the idea of both of, uh, reigniting that spark is not off the table. It's a lovely chemistry that they sort of conjure up between the two of them. I mean, it's uh, not necessarily... Oh, will we? Won't we? Oh, this could ruin our friendship. It's like, well, we've done it before, and it didn't ruin our friendship. We're back at this point. Yeah. And this is all good. So it'd be yeah. moronic if we didn't. <laughs> That's the. And I love how they get sort of rational with it. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? We're both horny. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> be foolish not to go in there. We do something, and we come back yeah. out again. <laughs> yeah. And of course, look, George. George is correct. Friends with benefits just can't work. Yeah, it's fine in the short term, not long term, not at no, all. But yeah. I did love just as you said earlier, laying out the rules. The ground rules were so great. The no calls the next day, then the staying over 
optional. The way the way Joe delivers optional. Like, Op- hear me yeah. out. Hear me out here. Hear me out. <laughs> like he's like he's doing a PowerPoint presentation or something. Or you know, yes, exactly. presenting to the chairman of the board. It's like a he's pitch. Don Draper making a pitch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But just the. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> but also, yeah, and they, and these two were so in sync that they're not going to skip over making the rules and coming up with the, the particulars of the deal before they get down to business. For them, this is foreplay. This is just as much foreplay as anything that happens yeah. um, well, they're both when they get their so, clothes off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, this is turning them on just as much as anything else. I do like Joe, though, that kiss goodnight. Your call. <laughs> you decide <laughs> then they go and do it I just thought Julia just her acting here was just simply amazing walking into the oh, bookshelf just yeah. so good yeah. no, I laughed out loud at that bit I thought that was because yeah. you honestly think oh wow the hard part's over and we don't have to be awkward anymore it's just going to be very smooth very elegant clunk <laughs> just walk into something it's brilliant in saying that though the walk to the room is awkward I thought Julia acted it so well where she just sort of gets up, she sort of pulls a dress, mm. fixes the dress up a little bit and it's like, well, we, we know what's next and I can't, I just wish we were doing it already, but it's True. like, you know, when people are, you know when people are singing happy birthday to you and you just don't know what to do? Like, what are you supposed to do when people are singing happy birthday to you? Has anyone worked that out yet? You, I think you've just got to go like half embarrassed kind of smile. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> this is great. Luckily, happy birthday to you. What, four lines? Five lines. Something along those lines. But um, Yeah, something like that, yeah. It's over relatively quickly, but God, it feels like a fucking eternity sometimes. <laughs> uh, so the next day, Kramer walks in looking for the paper uh, and sees Elaine just, yeah. J-L-D. Yes, yes, very, very good. And he and he leaves to give them some, some time, some quiet time together. <laughs> Jerry and George are then at Monk's. They have a quick discussion about Aquaman, which is just the kind of thing that sometimes I find these little conversations feel a little shoehorned in. They're like, we have to throw something random in there just to sort of break the ice a bit of the conversation. Yeah. But that's what people, just random conversations like that happen. It, it is, it is. I mean, yeah, you can't, I, particularly with this episode and the topic of this scene, you think it's just going to be small talk between the guys and then Jerry drops his bombshell about how you know he and Elaine are sleeping together again. It worked perfect because that was such a meaningless conversation. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So how's the job situation, Don? <laughs> Still looking. Pretty bad out there. What about you? Nothing much. I slept with Elaine last night. <laughs> oxygen! I need some oxygen! This is major! I thought you'd like that. Oh, this is huge! I know. All right, okay, let's go. Details. Nah, I can't give details. You what? I can't give details. No details? I'm not in the mood. You asked me here to have lunch, tell me you slept with Elaine, and then say you're not in the mood for details. Now, you listen to me. I want details, and I want them right now. I don't have a job. I have no place to go. You're not in the mood. Well, you get in the mood. All right. Okay. Well, we're in my apartment watching TV. Where are you sitting? On the couch. Next to each other? No, separate. Time? Around 11. Okay, go ahead. Oxygen. I need oxygen. <laughs> and I like Jer- Jerry's a bit of a gentleman about it. He's, well, to some degree, like he's, 
No, no detail. You know, he's not going to give the details. Good for him in that regard. He takes a lot. He takes a lot of pride in, in announcing it, though. Yeah, but he certainly isn't above. Yeah, that's right. Had some sex. You know, that, the way he says. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that. Yeah, so he's clearly got that teenage boy thing about. Just so you know, this guy had sex last night. But yeah, as I said, I th- this was my favorite moment. I just thought Jason Alexander, when sometimes he just gets in the zone when he's a George character and it's just so perfect. And here when he's, he's like a little giggling schoolgirl. Just, I love mm. that. What time? 11. Okay, go on. <laughs> like he, he, he wants to know all the details. But the best line in this entire scene was when Jerry finally starts unveiling the rules. And he's like, and rule number two, he's like, I got to say, I was pretty impressed with the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can, it's sort of like a light bulb goes off where he goes, as you said earlier, holy shit, the son of a bitch did it. <laughs> that crazy son of a bitch did it. <laughs> a very George line was the, oh, any growth just irritates me. <laughs> he hates the fact that, uh, that Jerry's matured. But um, yeah, like you said, Elaine's now better at sex apparently. Um, but Jerry's not sure if they're a couple or not. And this is where George is like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Not a couple. He's like, no, nah, we're just going to be, you know, just friends. And George just starts cracking up laughing. <laughs> so what are you feeling? What's going on? Are you like a couple again now? Not exactly. Not exactly. What does that mean? Well, we've tried to arrange a situation where we'll be able to do this once in a while and still be friends. <laughs> It can't be done. Thousands of years, people have been trying to have their cake and eat it too. So all of a sudden, the two of you are going to come along and do it. Where do you get the ego? No one can do it. It can't be done. I think we've worked out a system. You know know what you're like? You're like a pathetic gambler. One of these losers in Las Vegas who keeps thinking he's going to come up with a way to win at blackjack. No, this is very advanced. We've designed a set of rules that we can maintain the friendship by avoiding all the relationship pitfalls. Sure. All right, all right. Tell me the rules. Okay. No calls the next day. So you have the sex. Next day, you don't have to call. It's pretty good. (laughs) Go ahead. You ready for the second one? I have to tell you, I'm very impressed with the first one. It can't be done. Like, it actually, as we said earlier, I just don't think it's possible mm. to, to just be friends and at least one of the parties not to want it to be more than that. Yeah. Write in, listeners. TalkingSciFone at gmail.com. Let us know if you've been in a relationship that is simply defined as friends with benefits and there's been no, no mm. emotional connection any further than that. You don't want it to go any further from both sides. I'd love to know yeah. how you made it happen. I think you can be friendly with someone and go to bed with them a few times, but I, I think... Once you're intimate or once you have sex, more than a, few, let's say more than seven times, perhaps. Let's. I'm just pulling a number out of the air there. <laughs> just a random number. Seven uh, between five <laughs> and seven. Let's say. I think that changes the chemical composition of your relationship. I think you can still be friendly, but there's a line in that. You know that movie Vanilla Sky. Mm-hmm. In Vanilla Sky, Cameron Diaz says something about when you when you sleep with someone, your body makes a promise to them, even if you don't. It's yeah. like. That makes a bit of sense, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I think that could well be the case, despite the you know 
you could go into it with the best of intentions, much like Jerry and Elaine do here. It's like, we'll keep it friendly, we'll keep it light, we'll keep it casual. But when you bring sex into the equation, your body's making a promise, even if your mind isn't. So anyway, but uh, yeah, George, George is um, yeah on the ball there. He realizes, nah. <laughs> but then, um, yeah, as you said, the uh, the rules get laid out. He's very taken with that first rule. What's great about the George character is that even he can acknowledge that he's got nothing going for himself. So when he goes... I personally know less about women than any other person in this world. (laughs) But even I know that a woman wants you to stay the night. You can't go home. You have to stay the night. (laughs) Um, Jerry says, you're wrong, you're wrong. And he says, well, I hope so. We're now at Elaine's, the first time we've ever been to Elaine's apartment in the show. One thing just quickly... That sandwich mm-hmm. that George was eating looked really nice. I don't know if it was a... Ooh, I wasn't paying attention. What was it? It looked like a big Reuben sandwich. It looked like a nice big thick I Reuben. I thought he, he, likes tuna, he likes tuna salad, doesn't he? Tuna salad sandwich. Oh, did he? Because it looked like a nice sort of... It looked like it was chock full of corned beef or something along those lines. Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Man, and in, Dally's in New York, the best. It was, one of the, it was the first meal I ate when I went to New York nearly 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I think you've told me that, I went actually. I yeah. went to Katz's Deli, where they filmed When Harry Met Sally, and got myself a dirty great pastrami sandwich. That sandwich lasted me two days. I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't all this tonight. And I'm a guy who eats sandwiches. I'm a pro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sandwich eater. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a sandwich eating motherfucker. And this was like, sandwiches run in fear of me. <laughs> sandwiches are my business. And it was like, I can't finish this tonight. I'm, I'm, this is some of this is a breakfast sandwich. So um, marvelous, brilliant, brilliant sandwich. Oh, I miss you, Cat's Deli. Is this yours or the roommate's? The roommate's. Would she mind? She keeps track of everything. Yeah, well, it's too bad because I'm taking it. <laughs> Jerry here, this is, all, this is almost my favorite moment. So, is this your roommate's cake? <laughs> yeah, I think so. She keeps track of everything. Too bad. I'm eating it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's nice. I mean, clearly they've, they've been busy, to, yeah. as, as they say. <laughs> they're still riding hot. They're still riding they, yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they're basking in the afterglow, as they say, as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's all. That's all really nice. It's like watching two high school kids. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine is annoyed that he plans to leave. She starts pulling all the paper towel. Uh, is it a problem? <laughs> she starts pulling all the paper towel. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm getting the impression there's a problem. <laughs> 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 this is where the housemate arrives. Now hmm. that's played by actress. What's her Siobhan name? Siobhan sure Fallon. I didn't really like her in this. Actually, I thought she was. A bit too over the top? I don't know. I think given the... Um, in my notes, it's like, wow, Siobhan is really going for it. Um, I think given the tone of this episode, how it's a bit more low-key, it's not necessarily but boom It's not as sort of broad and maybe vaudevillian uh, or as broadly sitcom-y as some other episodes so have been. There, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that it's a bit more sort of rom-com and a bit more low-key. For Siobhan Fallon to come in as Tina and really kind of do some... High octane mugging, you know, a bit of a you know, a bit of face pulling and a bit of really nailing the punchlines or really sort of punching into the punchlines. Yeah, it sort of felt a little bit out of um, out of sync with the rest of the. I did, I, I didn't dislike it, but I can see how you feel it would be a disconnect. Elaine tells Joe, "It's fine, just leave. It's fine." But the cracks are starting to show already, aren't they? Mm, yes, as as George prophesized. <laughs> we now have Jerry and George shopping for Elaine's birthday present. And before we begin, let's just say that is some bad '90s fashion on Jerry. Yeah, it's. I think we should have a regular segment, bad '90s fashion in Seinfeld, because what's he wearing? Like an electric blue skivvy. 
one of those black leather jackets that's not a cool black leather jacket, and some very bad-looking sneakers, to the best of my recollection. So, not a good look. I feel like a 22-year-old could wear that now, and it would be trendy, though. Yeah, that's because fashion today is, is god-awful. <laughs> Old Ben yells at modern-day fashion. <laughs> just, just wear clothes. Why don't you wear a nice tie? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, yeah, they're, they're in the store, and we get the little, little seed here planted that George has to pay half of whatever Jerry <laughs> or spend half of whatever Jerry does. This For a good. joke that pays off later, later on. Yeah. So, yeah, so George is basically just sort of suggesting different things and all of the ideas, I'm just like, n- not good presents. <laughs> What's great about this scene is that it's got a lot of great stuff on top, you know, in terms of, in terms of um, the gifts they can choose versus they can't choose or why this one doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's, it's underpinned by something that, that makes a lot of sense and is very, very relatable. What sort of gift you buy for someone who you have just maybe just started to see or are we, are we exclusive? Are we boyfriend, girlfriend? You know, mm. how, how close are we? You know, if I, I'm trying to remember have, what have, I- Have, we, have what we said I, I love you yet or have we yeah, not? Yeah, what I got the lovely Louise for her first birthday. We'd probably been going out for about six months at that stage. Did you call her pal and more? <laughs> <laughs> birthday, yeah, wrote her a birthday and say, hey, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to my best buddy. No, no, no. But I was, thought, I was thinking all the time when I was, you know, searching for a gift. It's like, it's, it's like Goldilocks. Oh, it can't be- too much but it can't be too little mm. so yeah we're still together so i'm guessing i did okay got a jb gift card <laughs> <laughs> that i gave to you that's correct i regifted that shit you regifted a jb gift card <laughs> but anyways yeah so they can't decide on a present so george says look i'll help you work on the card we're gonna get some stand-up about greeting cards and how they're just blank now because even the card companies can't be bothered thinking of anything nice to write because it's just too hard now relationships hmm. we always think this no matter what the year is oh, relationships are too complicated now oh god yeah <laughs> uh jerry then gives elaine her present he's not sure whether she's gonna like it cash what do you think you got me cash well that's right you can go out and get yourself whatever you want no good are you my uncle hey come on it's 182 dollars there i don't think that's anything to sneeze at <laughs> Let me see the card. <laughs> to a wonderful girl, a great pal, and more. Hey. Oh, Elaine, I'm glad you're here. Stay, stay right here. I'm, I'm gonna be right back. Stay. Pal? You think I'm your pal? I said, and more. Now, I would be very happy with $180 cash because personally, I love cash. But (laughs) from your spouse, I think I would prefer to get a gift as opposed to just cash. Even a gift card. At least make the effort to get a gift card. Like just cash in a a box. It's just like, uh, you have made little effort here. (laughs) Yeah, true. true. By the way, I'd like to rewind just a little bit if we may. Yeah. Um, And I was hoping you might know this, but maybe we can do a little research together they show the you know when they're back at the gift shop they're talking about a frame with the some Mm. other guy's picture in it and jerry says at the end for some reason it's a good looking guy and we do get to see the guy albeit briefly i'm wondering if that was just if that was actually someone like someone associated with the show or whatever or if it was just 
a random dude's picture in the frame. I'm not too sure. There's no mention of that on the wiki page. Mm. Um, no mention of it on the wiki. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was like a stagehand or something, though. All right. Well, we may look that up and we might put it in our quote unquote show notes or just, you know, put it on Facebook or something. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That, that is a good point, though. It, it, it's the kind of thing Seinfeld would do, little Easter eggs like that, yes. for sure. It's the kind of thing that uh, Seinfeld would do, and it's the kind of thing that talking Seinfeld would notice. <laughs> but not research. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but not do anything about. <laughs> uh, Elaine is really annoyed with the, with the cash, um, but just the, the card, what does it say? To a wonderful girl, a great pal, and more. And then Kramer walks in, oh, great, great, you're here. I'll go get you something. As he's away, you, you call me pal and more. <laughs> the delivery and, of the, yeah. yeah, and more. <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost like not pride, but it's 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 a sense of I thought I did the right thing here. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Know, what to, I don't know what to do now. Uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> I I knew how tough this was. I knew you know I decided to accept this mission, and I thought I did okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't, especially when Kramer walks in with his gift. Oh, we forgot to mention they they discussed the bench in the in the in the store. They can't think of anything. They can't think of what she was talking about. But mm. Kramer, he did pay attention. He made a mental note and he got her the particular bench that she wanted and had a really nice card quoting Yates. Kramer, what a man. Clearly thought I'm look, I'm in constant awe of people who come up with good gift ideas. Like yourself, mm. Dan. Now, you're very good at gift giving. Am I? I'm oh yeah, look, I'm first of all am shit at giving gifts. But then also shit at thinking them up. I mean, I I'd be a box of cash guy. If, hey, look, if you give me one hundred eighty dollars cash for my birthday, I'll be a very happy, man. <laughs> oh, you're putting in a lot of different denominations and all that kind of stuff, and you kind of fan it out. You know, it's like I went to a bit of effort here, but basically, this is one hundred eighty-two bucks. That's not to be sniffed at. That could be money in my pocket. Cash is the best because you can just buy what you want, like Jerry said. But you yeah. got to understand, that's thinking like a friend. Yes. She doesn't think you're a friend, so. True, You're not a pal. <laughs> yeah, but I am in awe of people who have really good gift-giving abilities. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I um, I try to always make an effort with Nicola. But the thing is, though, I'm at the point now where I'm like, how do I outdo what I did last year? So now I've got to sort of like, don't try and outdo it too much. When you're in a sort of a long-term relationship or a relationship that seems to be going somewhere, it's like you don't want to peak too early. You don't want to be sort of ramping up the gift giving year after year after year, despite the fact that you may your affection may sort of ramp up as the years go by, or whatever. But at the same time, it's like yeah, by eventually you're, you're turning into Danny Ocean and breaking into fucking um, Cartier or something to like, yeah. Well, I can't afford to get her this the best diamond in the world, but you know I'll go steal it to give it to her because I got to do better than last year <laughs> when I got her that emerald. So the, 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 the ultimate gift I think for Nicola would be uh, one day I'll work out how to do it, but would get her family to just arrive at the front door one day. That'd be nice. From England. So, like, it would piss her off, though, because she likes to plan everything. She'd want to plan the trip. <laughs> but if I could somehow get Nicola's family to the country and to our doorstep without her knowing, I think that would be, like, the best. <laughs> All right. Well, patrons and, and listeners of the show, you know what we need to do. Let's start a GoFundMe or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so they kick Kramer out so they can talk more. And they realize, you know, they never fought before. They made the deal. Um, Jerry wants to just go back and Elaine just sort of realises, I-, I can't. You know, yeah. I want this and that and you just want... No, she yeah. wants this, that and the other. Yeah. He just wants this and that. Yeah. No, this or that. Yeah, you want this or that. And who doesn't want yeah, this, yeah. that and the other? Which is, a yeah, not just a funny line from Larry Day, but a, but a really sweet one as well. I mean, a really, th- a really thoughtful and uh, not quite heartbreaking, but certainly heart-twisting 
little mm, one. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very nice and very astute. I, I, I liked it a lot. And it was well played by both, uh, by both actors. You know, we never had one fight before this deal. I know. Never. Ever. We got along beautifully. <laughs> like clams. It was wonderful. A pleasure. So I think we should just forget the whole deal and go back to being friends. I can't do it. You what? I can't do that. You mean it's... No this? <laughs> no that. <laughs> no this or that. Oh, boy. <laughs> hmm. What do you want? This, that, and the other. <laughs> oh, sure, of course, you're entitled. Who doesn't want this, that, and the other? You. We're now at Monk's, and George is saying how birthdays are relationship killers. You know, they sort of had the discussion here. What is it about sex that disrupts everything? What, what, why does that change everything? Is it the nudity? No, it's not the nudity. <laughs> <laughs> but then I love here the reveal... I can't see her anymore because we're split up. Uh, it was like breakup by association, but she's annoyed at him because he gave her $91. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you going to do? Well, if I do call her, there's no joking around anymore. This is pretty much it. So, maybe this should be it. Could be it. She seems like an it. She's as it as you get. Imagine bumping into her on the street in five years with a husband. And she tells me that he's a sculptor, they live in Vermont. <laughs> We'd have to kill him. We'd get caught, I'd get the chair. I'd go to prison as your accomplice. Have to wear that really heavy denim. <laughs> in the cafeteria line with the guy who slops those mashed potatoes onto your plate. Go to the bathroom in front of hundreds of people. Plus, you know what else? You'd better call her. Huh? We didn't get. It's pretty much a repeat of the the scene from the from the first act where Kramer walks in for the paper. Elaine hands it to him, and and now they're actually you know sort of back in love again. Well, not in they never actually said the word love in this, but they're sort of they've got this that and the other going now. Yes, um, it's a, and it is a shame that they didn't stay together, but it was beneficial for the show. Better for the show. At least we got this one moment here because they looked very happy together. Very much so. Yeah, and look, I'm sure that. Um a lot of us out there have got uh, that kind of relationship in the past where, you know, it was short-lived, but you maybe realise that it wasn't meant to be. But, you know, you look back on it fondly. It's like, no, oh, we had a good time. That was a, that was a really good person. You know, I had, we had a blast together, but it just wasn't meant to be. Hey. Hey. You got the paper yet? Yeah. Where, where is it? <laughs> hey, are you done with that? No. Well, you're not reading it now. All right, you can take it, but I want it back. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what are you guys going to do today? Uh, this and that. And the other. <laughs> well, I really like the two of you much better when you weren't a couple. <laughs> We end with some stand-up about commitment, which I actually thought was quite funny. You know, man's on a freeway of life and the woman is the exit. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that's relatable forever. Absolutely. 
yeah, so I, all in all, this was without a doubt my favorite episode that we've reviewed so far. There was just so many laughs. I, I, what I loved about it was, as I said at the very beginning of this podcast, was that it was literally about eight minutes, that first scene, where they're just talking mm. about making the deal. Literally nothing is happening. This is like the epitome. This is like the perfect Seinfeld scene. Yeah. Nothing's really happening. They're just discussing, but it's enthralling. You're, you're hanging on every oh. word. It's so relatable. So well acted, so well written. It, it may be that this, that, and the other scene may be one of the best scenes in the history of Seinfeld, I think. I just think it's so great. I am inclined to agree with you, Dan. I think, yeah, I'd say just based on the warm and fuzzy feelings that it gave me, this is probably, yeah, if not my favourite of the episodes we've reviewed so far, then way, way, way up there. All righty, next week we're going to be reviewing an episode called The Baby Shower. Now, I actually <laughs> watched this last night. and It's not on par with the deal, I wouldn't say, but it's still pretty damn hilarious. I am I'm excited. I'm just I'm excited. We're starting to hit Seinfeld in its like peak. I think like mid season two through to like end of say maybe mid season five is my favourite Seinfeld. So I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth sucked into this. I'm just talking Seinfeld. I'm so glad we're finally doing this. Absolutely. Alrighty guys, don't forget to uh, rate and review us in the iTunes store. It is one of the best ways to support the show. And if you want this show a week early and you just want to get access to a bunch of other exclusive podcasts, there's going to be a four-figure discount patron. Patreon.com slash four-figure discount. You don't have to buy any means. We just appreciate the fact that you're listening to us at all. Also, share this show with your friends. Uh, subscribe to us however you find your podcast. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? I thought you'd like that.